0: Save time and money versus going to a shop
1: by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, Well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
2: Welcome into our post-game show here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score in Pittsburgh, the Pirates 7 and the Padres 1 as the Padres lose 2 in a row to the Pittsburgh Pirates, and now they will try to avoid a 3-game sweep at the hands of the Pirates tomorrow at PNC Park. Padres fall to 37 and 43, Pirates improved to 37 and 42. It is the first time the Padres are 6 games below 500 since May 21st when they were 20 and 26. The Padres have now lost 4 in a row to the Nationals and Pirates. They have lost 7 of 9 And it is not going well at all for the San Diego Padres right now. And it's tough to come up with the answers. It's quite honestly for me. And if you listen to me enough, you know, I usually sit here on the postgame show, whether it's 7.09 p.m., whether it's 11 p.m., whether it's 11.30 p.m. at Petco Park, and we do this every single night, you know, I usually try to find the positives and lean on the, the big picture of a baseball season, the long and winding road that a baseball season typically is, because it is. It's a, it's a long and up-and-down experience, kind of like life. Ups, downs, and you figure it out over the course of 162. But here tonight, in the last couple of days, it's hard to know what to say. And a season, a first half, that is sort of spiraling for the San Diego Padres right now. And this game here tonight... Really, the same story. 7-1, the Pirates win it over the Padres, and we'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. We'll also have the radio highlights for you. But in the open here, what I want to focus on, we talked about it last night. The mark of a good team is a team that picks one another up. When a guy goes down, and we talked about it yesterday in the context of Hugh Darvish not making the start, Reese Kinnear making the start, Even with Kinnear struggling, the Padres offense not really picking him up. And even in the context of Darvish going down, the guys who had to fill in, whether they were Kinnear or Carlton or whoever, not picking you, Darvish, up. You know, and it happens. He went down with an illness yesterday. We'll see if he starts in Cincinnati. But forgetting yesterday for a second. The mark of a good team, right, is you pick each other up. Well, let's look at the first six and a half innings in this game really until the bottom of the seventh and we'll get to the bottom of the seventh in a little bit but Blake Snell was great here tonight six innings two earned runs given up he made one mistake it was the two-run home run given up to Carlos Santana in the first inning that was after a two-out single to Henry Davis so he really made one mistake in this game two if you want to get really critical the two-out single in the home run that was it Blake went six innings, two earned runs given up. He struck out 10. The fourth consecutive outing that Blake Snell has struck out 10 or more, 102 pitches. You can't ask for a lot more from Blake Snell. He can't be perfect every time out. He was really good, really good once again here tonight. But you look at the offensive side of things. And again, we're talking about everything before that bottom of the seventh inning. The Padres had two runners in scoring position in each of the first two innings did not score. That has been the story all first half long, the issues with runners in scoring position, and they didn't take advantage against the guy in Mitch Keller, who's good, and showed that here tonight. The Padres made Mitch Keller throw 57 pitches in the first two innings. The one thing they were doing, despite not scoring, was making Keller work, and it looked like Keller would get out of the game quickly. 57 pitches through two innings, but from the 3rd to the 5th, the Padres didn't just go down in order in each of those innings. They only saw 25 pitches after going down to nothing. And in fact, Keller would only throw 47 from the 3rd through the 6th. So he he went 6 innings, he threw 57 in the first two and only 47 pitches in the 3rd through the 6th. Then, you know, don't get it twisted, it's, you know, sometimes you can be aggressive and it can work. But it was clearly uh The approach early on was great, make them work, throw a lot of pitches, and then the Padres didn't have anything going and didn't make them work at all. The Padres had only three singles from the third through the eighth inning. They had one extra base hit in this game, a double from Trent Grisham in the second. And we talked about it yesterday. One run on seven hits against this Pirates team in in games that the Padres are desperately trying to win. They have to find ways to win. It it's not enough, not nearly enough. So that's the the first part of the story here tonight. The offense again could not find a way to score when this game was only two to nothing until the bottom of the seventh inning. They only had one run. It came on a two out single from Xander Bogarts, who had a couple of hits in this game. But the offense has to find ways to do more. Not enough. And then the bottom of the seventh inning, and the Padres got unlucky on the hit-by-pitch call with Triolo. And that was certainly part of it. That was bad luck. But Nick Martinez had just a super tough seventh inning. He threw 31 pitches. He didn't record an out. But even beyond the hit-by-pitch that loaded the bases, there was an RBI single, a two-run single, another two-run single. The inning unraveled. And it was one of those scenarios, when it rains, it pours. And that's just the way it's going right now for the San Diego Padres. And if you want to... You know, really get critical in the eighth inning and the ninth inning. Padres still couldn't find a way to score a run despite loading the bases in the ninth inning. So like Jesse and Tony were alluding to, it's it's hard to come up with answers right now. Um, but you cannot lose four straight games to the Nationals and Pirates in game in games where the Padres are desperately trying to win and get this thing turned around. Padres, again, are now six games below 500. Tonight was game number 80. We are officially after tomorrow's game at the midway point of the season, and things are not getting better. They're going the other way. So another frustrating night, super frustrating. You know, frustrating might be putting it lightly for the Padres here tonight, and I'm sure you're frustrated as well. But it's, it's hard to know what to say, what the answers are. But, again, when I look at this game here tonight, I look at the offense first and foremost, not capitalizing on the opportunities, leaving two in scoring position in each of the first two innings, And then for a while there against Keller, just sort of shutting down. Again, 25 pitches seen from the third to the fifth. And then 47 from the third to the sixth inning after Keller threw 57 in the first two innings, So offense didn't get it done once again. And obviously things unraveled and got a little bit out of hand in the seventh inning. But again, as Jesse and Tony alluded to, it's number one, the way they're losing. Um, We heard Bob Melvin yesterday use the word spirit. Um, We heard Xander Bogart's comments after the game on Sunday and the frustration. It's not only the way they're losing, it's who they're losing to as well. I mean, the Nationals and the Pirates, the Pirates entered this series, losers of 12 of their last 13 games playing bad baseball for a 49-50 game stretch. And the Padres are now on the verge, if they can't win tomorrow, of being swept by the Pirates. Four straight losses to the Nationals and Pirates. And look at the records now. The Pirates are 37-42. and The Padres are 37-43. and Like Bob Melvin said the other day, at some point, you know, your record is what it is. It, it says who you are. And right now, the Padres are a team that that is six games below 500. So, I don't know exactly what the answers are. It's hard to figure out right now, but uh, certainly it has not gone the way anybody would have expected. I know that echoes what we've said for a while now, but 80 games in, and uh, unfortunately, things are quite simply not improving, and it happened again here tonight. Pirates win it 7-1 after winning 9-4 to yesterday. We'll step aside. We'll come back with the radio highlights. We'll also hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin might have some post game reaction from the clubhouse as well. Another frustrating evening for the Padres as they fall 7-1 to to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Postgame show continues when we come back on the Padres Radio Network. This
1: episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy,
2: Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Pirates 7 and the Padres 1. As the Pirates have won two in a row against the San Diego Padres, and now the Pirates going for a three-game sweep. You know, it's it's pretty interesting because the Pirates, even though they're still sitting after today's game at 37-42, and 42, uh, we were talking about it earlier today with uh, Justice De Los Santos, who covers the Pirates for MLB.com. Because of the quality of the NL Central, I mean, the Pirates are not anywhere close to being out of the division race, the wild card race. They entered today just five games behind the Reds for first place in the NL Central. So for as much as we've framed these games, whether they be against the Nationals or the Pirates, as games the Padres should win, I mean, number one, the Pirates still very much have a lot to play for. they're not out of it at all. And number two, and this is sort of the sobering reality of the situation right now for the Padres, we can say the Padres should win these games, but they have not shown the ability to beat these kinds of teams. And right now the Padres and Pirates awfully similar records Padres 37 and 43 Pirates 37 and 42 after tonight. so, For as much as we've used the expectations for this Padres team, maybe even the the payroll for this Padres team, to frame these kinds of games against these kinds of teams as games they should win, they should have an advantage against these teams, well, you get to a point in the year where the numbers are the numbers and the record is the record, and you're just like one of these teams until proven otherwise. And that is where we are right now. And it's not going to be easy in Cincinnati. That's a team playing extremely well Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in Cincinnati. And uh, we'll see if the Padres can salvage the finale of this series tomorrow. A lot to do. We do want to hear from Bob Melvin. We have that ready for you. We also have some post-game reaction to get to from inside the clubhouse. So stay tuned for all that. But first, let's recap this one, tell you how it all went down with our game highlights.
0: Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights. Presented by the new El Cajon Ford Commercial Service Center. Servicing all Fords up to
2: F750s and motorhomes. In the first inning, the Padres put runners at the corners with two men away, but they did not score against Mitch Keller. In the bottom half, Blake Snell quickly got the first two outs, but he gave up a two-out single to Henry Davis. Carlos Santana was next.
3: Switch hitting Carlos Santana, batting right-handed, goes after the first pitch, sends it high and deep to left field. Soto back to watch, this one going to go. A two-run homer for Carlos Santana, who hit one out last night as well. He had been 0-for-10 in his career against Blake Snell, and the Pirates take a 2-0 lead.
2: Padres then got a two-out walk and a double in the second, but again, they did not score. Then Keller really settled into a groove. He retired 10 in a row from the end of the second through the end of the fifth. In the sixth inning, Fernando Tatis Jr. hit a leadoff single. He went to second on a wild pitch, but Keller then retired Soto and Machado. The inning was left up to Xander Bogarts.
3: Now the 1-2. Broken bat liner into right field. Charging in. Davis has to play it on a hop. Fernando rounding third. He'll score. Santana cuts the throw. And an RBI single with two outs for Xander Bogarts has put the Padres on the board.
2: But then Keller struck out Jake Cronenworth to end the inning. Padres still trailed 2-1. to one. Meanwhile, Blake Snell was great. Six innings, two runs allowed, the only two runs coming on the home run in the first inning by Santana. Three hits, he struck out 10, two walks. Nick Martinez replaced Snell in the bottom half of the seventh inning with the Padres only trailing 2-1. to one. It did not go well. Nick Gonzalez reached on an infield single. Jack Sawinski walked. Jared Triolo then squared to bunt. A pitch inside, it hit his hand. It also looked like Triolo offered at the ball, but first base umpire Nick Lenz said no swing. The Padres challenged the hit by pitch, but on review, the call was confirmed. Bob Melvin was still upset that it wasn't called the strike because Triolo did appear to offer at it. Melvin was ejected, but after all of it, The bases were loaded with nobody out. It was a hit-by-pitch of Triolo. The Pirates then pinch hit with Josh Palacios. Here's
3: the 0-1. That's lined into right field.
2: Fernando coming over and in. Slides forward. Couldn't make the
3: catch. Had to play it on one hop. That'll get a run home as everybody had to wait and see whether they could advance. They do. Gonzalez scores and the Pirates lead 3-1. After
2: that, it was Connor Joe. Here's the pitch from Martinez, and
3: that is looped into shallow center. That'll get down for a base hit. Zawinski has scored. Triolo's on his way. He will score. A two-run single for Connor Joe, and it's 5-1
2: Pittsburgh. Nick Martinez allowed another single to Andrew McCutcheon to load the bases again. That was it for Nick Martinez. 31 pitches. He did not record a single out. Luis Garcia replaced Martinez. He faced Henry Davis.
3: And the pitch is grounded towards first, and that'll somehow get up the line and into right field for a base hit. Palacios has scored. Joe's on his way. He scores. Two more for the Buckos. It's 7-1
2: seven straight base runners in the bottom half of the seventh inning for the Pirates as they busted the game open. It went from two to one, the seven to one, a five run seventh inning. The rest of the story, pretty simple to tell you about. The Padres went down one, two, three in the eighth inning. They loaded the bases in the ninth inning. They did not score. And the final Pirates seven Padres won as the Padres lose a fourth consecutive game. Uh, To the Nationals, two against them, and now two against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Padres have lost seven of nine, and again, they are back to six games below 500 for the first time since May 21st. Not going well right now for the San Diego Padres. Let's hear some postgame reaction from their manager, Bob Melvin.
0: Let's take a trip down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Lee Food. 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian resource. Well, how does it feel like you
4: can't get anything to go right at the same time? You can't get your bullpen, your offense, starting pitching,
5: something goes wrong each night? Yeah, it feels that way right now, unfortunately. So... <clears throat> You know, it, look, it's it's excruciating for everybody here, and you know, at a time when we should be playing better, it felt like we were going to. We're we've gone the other way, and now it's not just offensively. We're you know we're just we're not playing good baseball across the board.
4: It just seemed like you started with the offensive plan. You were. 57 pitches through two innings uh, from Keller. Uh, how did that go off the list? Yeah, the
5: next couple innings didn't go so well. He was throwing the ball over the plate. We got a little bit more aggressive and and let him hang around a little bit longer. I mean, granted, he's having a great year and he pitched well, but that was the plan going in was try to make him work a little bit and get out of the games or get him out of the game as early as we could.
4: That big inning, um, a lot of soft hits. There yeah. was like one hard hit. There was a very questionable bump call. How did you look at that inning?
5: It's just like you said, and that's kind of how it's been for us here. If one thing goes wrong, it tends to snowball a little bit, and whether it's breaks or not, at the end of the day, we still got beat 7-1, to and, you know, we didn't do enough offensively, and we didn't do enough on the pitching unless Blake, who pitched another really good game and gave up three hits and, you know, two-run homer in the first, but pitched pretty much exactly the way he's been pitching for quite some time now.
4: You can only challenge whether it hit, him, so at that yeah. point, okay. Your argument was it more about how did the first base umpire? Y-
5: yeah, I thought we thought it was a. It was he did not pull it back. That was that was the biggest beef. But and he said that he, he asked him right away. Did you see him ask? I didn't. That's why I asked after the challenge.
1: Well, now the way he's going right now? How, how frustrating is it to waste a performance like Yeah, that?
5: you know that's that's a. Uh, That's a word that's used a lot with us here recently, or for for a while. So he keeps us in a game. He does what he needs to do to to end up winning a game. We just didn't support him enough. So, you know, he's not going to say all he can do is go out there and control what he can control. We have to do better across the board.
2: That was Padres manager Bob Melvin from the clubhouse at PNC Park in Pittsburgh. Sam Levitt back with you inside our San Diego studios. And I thought Bob Melvin was right there talking about how uh, this team did not support Blake Snell enough here today. What more do you want Blake Snell to do? Gives up a two-run home run in the first inning. Again, I'm forgetting everything that happened in the seventh inning when it kind of went off the rails. I'm looking at the first six and a half innings of this game. Really, that's what I'm focused on here tonight. Because that was, unfortunately, the same old story we've seen. The pitching was good enough. Blake Snell was very good. Made one mistake to Carlos Santana. And like we said in the Open to the Post game show, this team has been unable, the offense in particular, to pick up any mistakes by the pitching staff. And by the way, when you look at that seventh inning, it makes the... The margin for error razor thin in in the seventh inning and for the bullpen. And now, unfortunately, and this really goes to the last nine games, even going back to the, the couple of blown leads in San Francisco, what did we say after those games? We said, yeah, the bullpen couldn't lock it down, wasn't great, but the offense could have done so much more to make the margin for error not so thin. And that's what I look at in this game here tonight. The Padres, again, had just one extra base hit, a Trent Grisham double in the second. After the second inning, when they had runners on second and third, and both of the opening two innings didn't score, they only had three singles from the third until the eighth. That was it. Three singles. They didn't have a walk in that span. And then they put a few on in the ninth inning, still didn't score. So again, when I look at this game, I look at, The offense, again, not doing their part and not playing up to what they are supposed to be. And that has been the theme in the first half. You heard Bob Melvin say the word frustrating is a word that's been used a lot around the Padres. It has been. It's been an extremely frustrating offense to watch and and figure out why this has been such a struggle now for so many weeks, for months now. And the unfortunate part is that there are not really signs of it getting Better And that's where we are here after game 80. And that is, I think, what is so concerning is, again, not just who they're losing to. You can't lose games to the Nationals and the Pirates. But the way they're losing, it's the same stuff we've been talking about for months. With the offense in the first two innings are great examples. Having two in scoring position and not cashing in. I mean, these are... These are things we've been talking about for months. Two for seven with runners in scoring position. They cashed in one time. That was my phone ringing. Got to figure out a way to mute my laptop from the phone ringing. Anyway, sort of broke up my train of thought there. You get what I'm saying. If you've listened all year, if you followed this team all year, Uh, The same old issues with runners in scoring position. The Padres did have one base hit with runners in scoring position that drove in a run. That was the Bogarts' two-out RBI single in the sixth inning, but not nearly enough. And again, the, the part of this that, again, is so... is the part that makes you scratch your head and I feel is really frustrating here tonight. You know, the first two innings, again, Mitch Keller threw 57 pitches. So at the very least, I said to myself... Well, they didn't score, but at least they're making Mitch Keller work. And you can get him out of the game early and get to uh, sort of, I, I think Jesse and Tony put it as the soft underbelly of the, of the Pirates bullpen. A bullpen that, you know, has some arms in it. David Bednar at the back end, we haven't seen him in this series, is really good. But it's an okay bullpen at best, should be hittable for this Padres lineup. So you thought, okay, maybe they'll get to the bullpen by the fifth inning, sixth inning. But then after that, from the third to the fifth, they only saw 25 pitches and 47 from the third to the sixth inning. So he threw, Keller did, way more pitches in the first two innings than he did in the final four. It it, it appeared to be, and Bob Melvin was asked about it at the start of the press conference there, it appeared to be just a, um, a total departure of the game plan offensively early on. And Tony even talked about it early in the game of, hey, whether they score in the second inning or not i think he said it after the trent grisham double these are the the kinds of at bats you got to have in this game keep on putting together these really quality at bats you know is what tony was alluding to and then there was just a departure from that and that's the part where you, you just don't quite understand it and you hate to say it but it's almost like they were down to nothing and as they left on some runners in the first and second you know abandon what they were doing and couldn't figure out a way hey here's the bottom line forget the seventh inning if the only two runs the the pirates scored were on the santana home run the padres still lose this game and that's the part right there that i think speaks volumes and i think is most frustrating here tonight if the seventh inning never happens but santana hits the home run and the padres offensive night goes exactly the way it did the padres still lose 2 to 1 And I think that sums it up right there, the problem with this game here tonight. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. We may have some post-game audio coming from Blake Snell, so stay tuned for that. Much more to get to as well. Final score, Pirates 7, Padres 1. Back after this on the Padres Radio Network.
6: Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best
2: Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Pirates 7 and the Padres 1. Sam Levitt with you here inside our San Diego studios. Another very, very, very frustrating night for the San Diego Padres as they fall to six games below 500 First time the Padres have been at that mark since May 21st when they were 20 and 26. And yes, at times between May 21st and here on June 28th, Yes, there have been times where it looked like the Padres were on the precipice of turning this thing around. But especially the last week and a half now, it has gone in the total other direction. Padres have lost seven of nine. They've now lost four in a row, sort of inconceivably, to the Nationals and Pirates. And it's been the heartbreaking nature of the losses, although the last two to the Pirates have not been that way. Pirates have simply outplayed them nine to four yesterday. 7-1 7-1 here today, and uh, the offense just not doing enough. One run on seven hits in this game. Padres had one extra base hit. It was the double by Grisham in the second inning. Aside from that, did not have another extra base hit in this game. And through through seven innings, when it was only a 2-0 and then 2-1 game, Padres never could score that second run. And like I said earlier, we can talk about the seventh inning and the the – Call with Triolo in the bunt attempt and whether he went, whether he didn't. It was hit by a pitch and the inning unraveled. And yeah, I thought it was a bad call, but didn't go the Padres way. And when things aren't going right, things like that typically seem not to go your way. But like I pointed out earlier, even had that seventh inning not happened, the Padres still lose this game 2-1. to And to me, that's where the story sort of begins and ends. And the problems uh, are where you really focus on. All right, we have a lot to do. We're going to hear from Blake Snell coming up in just a second. I also have some quotes here. Uh, Kevin Acey just put out an article in the San Diego Union Tribune, and he spoke with uh, Manny Machado. I believe it's before today's game. I'm going to take a closer look at the article while Blake Snell is talking, but I do want to read you some of the quotes because uh, they're they're important to read. So we'll uh, read some of that because uh, I don't know that we're going to hear from Manny here on the radio post game. He may be talking post game uh, here, but we don't get everything from the road. We do get some things, and we will. Hear from Blake Snell, but I will read those Manny Machado quotes to you coming up in just a little bit. First, before we get to Snell, before we get to Manny, let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game.
0: Which pitcher was dealing today? Let's find out who's today's ace pitcher of the game brought to you by the grilling store at hillcrest ace hardware from trinker and weber to the big green egg all your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the grilling store at hillcrest ace hardware
2: for as much as i would love to give this to blake Snell, i can't it's got to be mitch keller because when you look at the two outings keller by the runs given up was just a little bit better than blake snell Six innings, one run allowed. It came in the sixth inning on the two-out RBI single to Bogarts. And that was it. Snell, unfortunately, gave up two on one swing to Carlos Santana. So it was either going to be Snell or Keller. And I have to give it to Keller because that one run better was the difference in this game. His mistake, a couple of mistakes, they cost uh, the Pirates a little bit less than the one Uh, did for Blake Snell in that first inning, the two-run home run to Santana. So Mitch Keller, our ace pitcher of the game. But don't, don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that Blake Snell was not good in this game. Blake Snell did a really, really good job in this game. Six innings, goodness, he gave up three hits, two earned runs, he struck out 10. And by the way, when he struck out that 10th batter, that was the fourth consecutive game that Blake has struck out 10 or more. He has two of 11, one of 12, and now one of 10 in his last four starts. That matches a franchise record. Jake Peavy had 10 or more strikeouts in four consecutive starts in 2007. So now Snell and Peavy are tied for the franchise record. If Snell goes out next time, has 10 or more strikeouts, he will be uh, all alone with five consecutive Ten or more game, uh, ten or more strikeouts in a game uh, for a new Padres record. So look again, Blake Snell. He's been great as of late. He made one mistake in this game here tonight. Really, after that was terrific. Issued a walk, a single, a walk. That was it after the home run. So what? I mean, what more can you ask for from Blake Snell? He's not going to be perfect every time out, and unfortunately, here tonight the Padres apparently needed him to be perfect because of what the offense didn't do. Anyway, Blake Snell, very good here tonight. He's been great lately, really having a terrific first half, especially as of late. Maybe he'll uh, go to the All-Star game in Seattle. We'll see. Let's hear from Blake Snell inside the Padres' clubhouse in Pittsburgh
7: right after the game.
4: Did it feel like it looked one ambushed fastball and that was your night?
7: Yeah, uh, I liked the pitch. Um, That was the first pitch he saw from me, so for him to do that, uh, pretty lucky swing. Um, But next day, he got a hit, so good for him. It was a good day for him. Uh, but we'll learn. We'll get better. Felt like as the game went on, I started to understand their bats, what they were trying to do, what I needed to do, and yeah, went from there.
4: You pitched well enough to have six wins in a row. This team kind of can't put it together. What? Where do you think you guys are at here? Tomorrow's the halfway point of the season.
7: Yeah. Um, definitely not where we want to be, um, but I think the looking forward i mean if anyone could turn it around it's us we got all the talent in the world so start believing start putting putting it together as a team and and we'll be where we want to be but we got to quit the losing we're too good for that so we're going to find a way we're going to do it i trust all these guys in here and i know we all trust each other so it's time for us to get it going
4: What's your vantage point on that inning? I mean, a lot of the soft hits, a lot of. Yeah, just bad
7: luck. I mean, it's bad luck. Um, But that's that's baseball, you know? It's just how the game plays out. So um, it sucks. It's not fun. Yeah, just bad luck.
4: Maybe it's hard for you to compare, but with uh, the double digit strikeouts for four straight games, the no more than three hits for six straight, like, where does this compare to the good runs you've had in your career?
7: Uh, Is this 18 level? Is this? I, don't know, I mean, I've always had. I mean, this could be last year's level. It could be. I mean, I always have good runs. So um, I, I don't know. I'm not gonna pay too much mind to it. Got to keep competing. Keep attacking the zone. Keep reading swings and getting better. Is it tough
0: to keep going out there and pitching that well and not getting the wins that you would think would come with the way you pitch?
7: I think you look, like I look at it in such a different way, like I can't control that, so I'm not gonna get upset over it. I think I can control like an ambush fastball, like I should understand that hitter better, especially he's a veteran guy. I've seen him a lot and I would know that he wouldn't want me to get ahead of him.
2: All right, that was uh, Blake Snell inside uh, the Padres clubhouse there. And look, uh, Blake Snell saying, if anyone could turn it around, it's us. And uh, I'll give credit to Blake. I mean, he's answering questions from reporters right after the game. I mean... What's gone wrong here, especially the last month and a half, it has not been the fault of Blake Snell. He has been terrific for this ball club, and they're not winning a lot of the games that he pitches in, unfortunately. So I give Blake a lot of credit. He's doing his best. And look, I, I enjoy hearing Blake talk because he's always very even keel, uh, win or lose, whether he pitches well, whether he doesn't pitch as well. He's been great lately, and look, he's talking to the media and and doing his part, so out of anybody inside that clubhouse, I mean, Blake Snell, he's he's, I mean, he's not part of the issue right now. He's been really, really good for a while. Uh, I do want to read some of the quotes from uh, Manny Machado. This is an article that Kevin A.C. put out uh, just uh, within the hour uh, on uh, on the San Diego Union-Tribune website, and uh, this was Manny apparently talking before tonight's game with uh, Kevin A.C. And I just want to read these to you because I I think they're really important. So let me just read some of the quotes to you. Uh, We're too good of a team to be where we're at. We have too many good players that can carry this team by themselves. Scrolling down the article here. Things are getting a little bit out of hand. We've got three months to prove people wrong. So the only thing that can change is the urgency and the want. That's what we've got to do from now on. We've got to want it more than everyone else. I'm scrolling down a little bit farther, a quote, I think we just have confident players who believe in their craft and sometimes that kind of haunts you a little bit at times. It haunts me as a player as well. You get a little bit too comfortable and you think it's going to come easy and it doesn't come that easy. Again, more from Machado here, a quote, I'm embarrassed how I've been playing. I think we're all embarrassed. We know how good of a team that we are and we're not living up to that standard. That's why I'm telling you the urgency and the want." is what's going to separate us. I think it's in there and everyone, we just got to find it. And when we do, let's not let go of it. Machado continues, uh, I've been around this group for quite a long time. I know when we do tighten things up, I think we do flow really well. We've been a little loose and now coming down the stretch, we're going to have to tighten this stuff down. And uh, that's uh, mostly, I read a lot there of what Manny Machado had to say in this article by Kevin Acey uh, posted within the hour. Uh, and again, that's apparently before the game uh, in the San Diego Union Tribune just a little while ago. Um, as honest as we've heard Manny, I think, in a while there. And, you know, look, uh, <laughs> the, the the problem that is growing for this team is that and i've said it for weeks and i'm i'm guilty of it because i've i've said for weeks for a month for a month and a half for a while now that i i believe deep down this team has a run in them and it doesn't take a whole lot with some of the other parts of how they've performed pitching wise defense wise it doesn't take a lot for this team to go on a run but the problem right now is really twofold number 1 the signs aren't there right now I mean, they're not playing right now, this second, these last four games, the last nine games, they've lost seven of them. They're not playing like a team that looks like they're about to go on a run. I mean, it just doesn't look that way. And whether you want to call it spirit, which Bob Melvin used that word yesterday, you want to say fight, you want to say want the word that Manny used there. It just doesn't look like there's a lot of that, whatever that word is in that dugout right now especially when this team falls behind and I hate to say that but it's what we're seeing right now and it's proven in the results in the win-loss record in the lack of coming back in games things like that and the other issue not only the way they're playing but tomorrow is the midway point tomorrow is game 81 after tomorrow we are in the second half numerically of the season and it's it's not early anymore it's not even close to early so if there needs to be that that flip or that switch flipped, I almost said flipped, switch, whatever I just said, switch flipped, if there is to be that, if, if that needs to happen, well, it better happen soon because it can't happen in August. You can't play this way for another month or the hole will be too big to dig out of. So if there is another gear this team can find, if there is more want this team can find, more spirit, whatever word you want to use, they better find it quick. That's the reality. We'll step aside here on the Padres Radio Network. Come back with more. We'll see if we get any more uh, post-game audio from the clubhouse. Take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard. Might squeeze in some phone calls. If you want to get involved, you can tweet at me. 973 the fan s d or at Sammy Lev S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Or Instagram, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V can share your thoughts with me might just interact with your thoughts on the air and if you want to call in may have some time to squeeze in some phone calls Uh, we've already done a lot here wow 833-288-0973 again the phone number 833-288-0973 post game show continues when we come back again the final pirates seven padres one on the padres radio network Post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Pittsburgh 7, San Diego 1, the final score on this Wednesday evening. Appreciate you joining us here on our post-game show on the Padres Radio Network. As we wrap this one up, it is not going good uh, in Padre land right now. Four straight losses to the Nationals and the Pirates. Padres have lost 7 of 9. Padres now 6 games below, 537 and 43 on the year as they will try to salvage the finale of this three-game series in Pittsburgh tomorrow. Right-hander Joe Musgrove, the former Pirate, on the mound for the Padres tomorrow. Much more on that game coming up in just a little while. Let's take a wider look at the major leagues now, tell you who went deep with the home run tally. Which players went deep tonight? This is our
0: MLB Home Run Tally.
2: Presented by Mr. Moto Pizza. Bringing back the old
0: New York pizzeria experience with fresh, funky, thin-crest gourmet pies and the original stuffed Knots. With eight locations in San Diego. Find your favorite at MrMotoPizza.com.
2: We take a look at the home run tally, tell you some of the players that have gone deep in the majors tonight. T.J. Friedel, sixth home run of the season. Kerry Carpenter, his seventh home run of the year for Detroit. Giancarlo Stanton, his seventh home run of the season for the Yankees. Jazz Chisholm Jr., second game off the IL. It is eighth at Fenway Park for Miami tonight. Jose Altuve is fourth for the Astros against the Cardinals. Jose Abreu, a home run for Houston as well against the Cardinals. Eloy Jimenez, his 10th for the Chicago White Sox. Sibby Zavallo also a home run in that game against the Angels, number five for him. Adam Frazier, a home run for the Orioles. Bo Naylor, His first major league home run against Kansas City for the Cleveland Guardians tonight. Mookie Betts at his 20th for the L.A. Dodgers. Adolis Garcia also his 20th for the Rangers against the Tigers. Luis Robert Jr., 23rd of the year for the White Sox today. A few home runs in that game. Brendan Donovan, his eighth home run for the Cardinals. Josh Harrison uh, hit his second home run uh, earlier tonight. It was Josh Bell, former Padre, a home run, his eighth for the Cleveland Guardians. Dansby Swanson is ninth for the Cubbies. Jared Young, a home run for the Cubs as well in that game against the Philadelphia Phillies. Josh Young, is 16th home run for the Rangers. Ezekiel Duran, also a home run in that game, his 11th for the Rangers. And Jose Ramirez, his 13th home run for the Cleveland Guardians earlier today against Kansas City. And that's a look at the home run tally. Not everybody that went deep in the majors. Those were many of them. And uh, obviously games going on right now. Games that are just underway here on the West Coast. So uh, many more home runs to come. But uh, that was a good look at the home run tally. We will uh, squeeze in some uh, uh, of your phone calls here coming up. 833-288-0973. So... Uh, We will uh, take a phone call, uh, well, more than just one phone call, but we'll get to your phone calls coming up here in just a second. First, let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game.
0: Which pitcher was able to come in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs & Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit sandiegofoodbank.org.
2: Our relief pitcher of the game, well, we got to go with the Pirate, right? How about Carmen Majinski in the seventh inning? I'll tell you why. At that point in the seventh inning, it's only a two-to-one game. Keller comes out. Majinski comes in, allowed a one-out single to Matt Carpenter, but that was it. And then after that, it was a 7-1 game after the bottom of the seventh inning, so... I take uh, Yuri De Los Santos out of it, Cody Bolton out of it, and I land on Carmen Majinski. He is our relief pitcher of the game. A scoreless inning, and at the time, uh, it was only a 2-1 Pirates lead. All right, we'll have our player of the game, out-of-town scores, play of the game, all that coming up. We uh, have a lit-up phone board here, so we're going to get through the phone calls quickly here. Uh, let's begin with Rich in Ramona calling in. Hi, Rich. How are you?
0: That was another tough one, guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not great. <laughs> um, my big take on it is the you know the Padres put a big target on their back, and they I think Manny said it very well. They expected to come in and just you know dominate and win games, and the team it just isn't there. Batters six or nine don't have it. Um, they're batting less than two ten on average, and the the big guys can't carry everybody every game. Soto and and Tatis have been fantastic in stretches, but it's going to take everybody one through nine. The reason that we won some series in the playoffs is because the guys like Grish and Nola were hitting the ball. Mm.
2: Yeah, it's a, it's a fair point on when this team played their best last year. It was a team effort. Rich, It's a it's a fair point. It's got to be everybody, but with that said, it's also got to be the big four, Tatis and Soto, look, I have said I said it in the pregame. Those guys, for the most part, have done their part. I know even with runners in scoring position, there have been moments where those guys, a, a, another hit from them in a big spot could have made a big difference in a game. That's fair, but in an overall sense, those guys have mostly done the job despite Soto getting off to such a rough start. But look, it's been rough for Bogarts. Uh, Manny has not played up to what Manny usually does And beyond that, you're right. Whether it be Jay Cronenworth or Matt Carpenter or Nelson Cruz out of the DH spot or Grisham who, you know, even after a game like this, Trent Grisham is still batting just a tad over 200. It all hasn't been good enough on the offensive side. It certainly hasn't been good enough with runners in scoring position. Amazingly, the Padres team batting average with runners in scoring position, I believe actually went up in this game to 208. But just to give you an idea, that's still 13 points below everybody else and that Batting average with runners in scoring position was below 200 just a a handful of days ago. But it's got to be everybody. I mean, look, you know, if you want to point at one thing, obviously it's the offense. I mean, again, and I'll say it until, you know, until the end of the show, you know, until the end of every show, until it's not true anymore. You know, the, the bullpen has had its struggles, especially the last 9 games, the games in San Francisco, the 7th inning tonight, I understand that. But if you zoom out, you look at the rotation, you look at the bullpen, they've been pretty good. They've been way, they've been good enough for this team to be well, well better than 6 games below 500. But it's the offense. This was a team built to hit and a team that really you know, sign Xander Bogarts with the intent of saying, you know what, we're going to stack this lineup with Fernando, Soto, Machado, Bogarts, Cronenworth, and let this offense carry carry the team. And it just has not happened that way. And whether it be team batting average or team OPS or team slug or, or obviously runners in scoring position just has not been uh, what you thought it would be. Let's go to Richard, who's calling in from Hillcrest. Hi, Richard. How are you?
8: Not too well tonight after tonight's game and the way they've been going lately. It just seems to be pressing in, in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I think the chemistry, they need to, to take this break that's coming up. They need to decide as a team. Are they going to play together in the second half or is this going to continue? Because it can't. It just can't. Yeah. They've got to figure it out as a team, mm-hmm. each one together. Are they going to play together for each other
2: mm-hmm.
8: or individually? Because it has to stop, man. It's
2: got to. Yep, Richard, uh, you said it. I mean, they've got to figure it out as a group and decide what kind of season they want to have because right now it is an awfully disappointing season. It really is. And, you know, I I would love to tell you, hey, well, they'll they'll figure it out over the All-Star break. That's a nice break. Take a a moment to reset. Well, they've got games to play before then, and this thing could spiral further out of control by then. I mean, you could find yourself 10-plus games out of a wild-card spot by the All-Star break if they don't play better immediately. And that's part of the issue here. They don't have time to take a day off and figure things out. I mean, they don't have a week. I mean, they've got to figure it out here and now. If they don't want the gap to widen to a point where it, it becomes unrealistic to expect that they will close that gap, that's what they're in danger of right now. But, Richard, your point is well taken. They've got to figure it out. And we talked about it last night, talk about it again here tonight. You know, even on a night, you know, where the Pirates score seven runs, well, the Padres are in a spot right now. As crazy as it sounds, the offense has to say, you know what, we got to score eight runs. Last night, Pirates score nine, Padres got to score 10. I know that sounds crazy in the game of baseball to to say those kinds of things, but that's the predicament they're in right now. They've got to find ways to win games. I don't care how it looks and uh, right now they're just not all right we'll continue on the phones in a second we got to get to a legal id here let's pause for station id on the padres radio network
0: KWFNFM
5: and KWFNHE1 San Diego. Hi, this is Bob Melvin. You're listening to Padres Baseball on the Padres
0: Radio Network. Always live on the Free Odyssey app.
2: Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios again. The Pirates seven. The Padres won the final score in Pittsburgh tonight. Padres have lost four in a row. Seven of nine. Six games below 500. Not where you want them to be. Let's go to Eric, who's calling in. Eric, you're on the post game show with Sam Levitt. How are you? Eric, are you there?
9: Yeah. Are you hello?
2: Mm-hmm. Is this Eric or somebody else? This is Eric. Oh, okay. Hello. Hi, Eric. Uh, Eric, you are on the I, air. I just wanted to
10: yeah
9: yeah I just wanted to say uh, it's been a, it's been a frustrating obviously few weeks, it's just a, a, a little different, but I. I wonder about. I remember I was a year or two ago. Um, I can't remember exactly when, but the the Padres seem to be really, really running the bases. As a lot, of, a lot more speed. Not that there isn't some, and not that they haven't been doing some of that. But I wonder about that, and whether whether some 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 speed. I know they have to get on base. Uh, that's an issue. But uh, and secondly, I, it gets frustrating even listening to, to your guys' show. You have a lot of talent there, and I and I enjoy it, but. I'm hearing the same thing from you guys every night. It's the, and, and I get it. I mean, I, what else is there to say? But sometimes I just want to hear about something else because it gets so frustrating. Just your thoughts.
2: <laughs> well, Eric, uh, you know what? Join the club. I mean, I, I wish I had something else to talk about, you know? I mean, I, I wish I had better stuff to talk about. Um, it's, it's not fun. I mean, I'll tell you that. I mean, look, I, I love the job and I'm appreciative of the opportunity, but... It's not fun when it's going like this, and I tweeted it out earlier. If you listen to me enough, you know I I stop, I try to stay pretty positive. I try to lean into the big-picture nature of a baseball season, but I got to admit it is very difficult right now with the way this thing is going. And you just look at, again, how they're losing, who they're losing to, and not seeing much progress, not seeing a whole lot of spirit, quite frankly, from the dugout the inability to come back in games it, there's there's not a lot to smile about so um i i wish i had different things to say every night and i wish i could you know point at something other than the offense but if you want to look at the first 80 games i mean to me it's it's squarely on that offensive group the other parts of this team the starting pitching the bullpen as a whole i'm not saying it's been perfect but it's been good enough to have an over 500 record. I mean, how many times have we talked about the offense night after night, whether it's runners in scoring position, whether it's not adding on, whether it's not having the ability to get that one extra big hit, whether it's not uh, having the ability to come back in games. I mean, the Padres, after tonight, when trailing after six innings, are 3-33 and when trailing after six innings now. Three and thirty-three. When you trail after six innings, you have nine outs to play with. And by the way, it didn't end up happening tonight, but let's say the seventh inning never happens and this was a two to one game. Let's live in that reality for a second. It would have been the Padres' fourteenth loss this year in eighty games in a one run game. They would have been five and fourteen in one run games and fourteen and twenty four in one or two run games. I mean, if they flip that that record around just even a little bit. I mean, how much better of a first half is this? So, Eric, I I wish I had better stuff to to tell you about, but unfortunately I don't. And I know it sounds like a broken record every night, but it kind of is what it is. And I'm hoping that come the second half, come July, August, September, that we're talking about more fun stuff. Let's go to Arturo, who's calling in. Hi, Arturo. How are you? Hey, am I on? You are on. Live on the radio, Arturo.
9: Hey, good to hear from you, Sammy. I'm going to try to be a little, spin a little positivity here.
2: <laughs> okay.
11: We
9: still have the uh, old adage of uh, pitching and defense wins championships. And we do have very good pitching, like you just mentioned, uh, both at uh, the starting rotation, look, look at what Blake did today. And, and of course, we still have Hayter and some of those guys. Hopefully Suarez comes back in and defense. The thing is, and I don't know if the guys ever hear some of our comments here or if you can relay on, but this is still a little boy's game being played by, you know, older, more much more skilled adults. They need to remember that and just go out there and have fun and do uh, – I think one of the callers was saying about a couple of years ago they were a running, gambling type of a – you know – that would go out there and put pressure on on uh, on the fielder on, on the pitcher mm-hmm. and and I think they need to do a little bit more of that and and uh, the last thing I would add would, I, I really do like Bob Melvin but mm-hmm. sometimes I think he should do a little bit more of a hit and run it's still allowed it's not outlawed and maybe start the runners you can stay away from double plays you could sometimes open up a, a hole that creates an opportunity for, for a base hit. And uh, instead of a double play, maybe you get first and third, maybe you score a run. I mean, just go back to the fundamentals, you know, look within. They can do it. They, they definitely have the talent. There's no way they don't have talent. We know that. These guys didn't forget how to play. They didn't forget how to hit. They didn't forget how to field, obviously. So just go out there and have fun, man, and, and, and things will take care of themselves. I, I, I truly firmly still do believe that.
2: Well, I hope so, Arturo, and appreciate the call. I hope so. I mean, look, there's obviously the talent to do it, and you can't tell me there's not. I mean, there is the talent on this ball club to turn this thing around and make this not a season to forget, but they've got to do it. And like Manny, we read those quotes from the Kevin Acey article that was posted within uh, an hour ago, and apparently that was Manny talking before the game. But they've got to want it. They've got to execute. Got to do better offensively and as a group. And you look at yesterday's game, right? And they were they were dealing with the U Darvish situation. I, I get all of that. But yesterday was kind of a classic example of they score three runs in the second. They take a 3 nothing lead. And in the blink of an eye, the lead's given up. And then things unraveled from there. And it was sort of an example of, of course, when one thing works, another thing sort of unravels, which was the pitching yesterday. You know, here today, again, we can talk about the seventh inning, the five runs, but I look at the first six and a half innings, more than that, and Snell gave up a two-run home run. That was it, and the offense didn't back him up at all. They didn't, and that's the problem. That's problem one. Here tonight and the headline uh, of this game all right we'll get back to some of your phone calls we do have some uh, other people on hold so we'll get back to your calls uh in just a second again if you want to get involved on social media 833-288-0973 the phone number oh well what did i just say i said if you want to get involved on social media then i gave you the phone number if you want to get involved on social media tweet at me sammy lev s-a-m-m-y-l-e-v or on instagram sammy lev there as well S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. Lev DMs open, tweets open, all that good stuff. Let's tell you about our Player of the Game.
0: Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's Player of the Game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit valleyviewcasino.com today.
2: Player of the Game here tonight. Give it to Carlos Santana of the Pirates. I can't tell you. I'm sick of giving these to the other team, but I have to. Carlos Santana, the two-run home run in the first inning when you're talking about impact. Probably the most impactful swing that was taken tonight. And again, even removing that five-run seventh inning. I mean, if everything else is equal, they score two in the first. Padres score one in the sixth inning. The Padres still lose the game 2-1, to one, so... Santana, to his credit, took Blake Snell deep, ambushed him first pitch fastball, and hit it out for a two-run home run. Padres never recovered, really. So, Carlos Santana, our player of the game for that swing. All right, we're going to step aside for a break. We will take more of your phone calls when we come back. We'll take a look at the full out-of-town scoreboard, get you ready for tomorrow, and wrap things up. Pirates 7, Padres won the final score on the Padres Radio Network. post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Sam Levitt with you inside our San Diego studios. Final score, Pirates 7, Padres 1. I'll get some more of your phone calls here coming up in a second. 833-288-0973. As we wrap this one up, Padres have lost four in a row. Two teams they shouldn't be losing to, the Nationals and the Pirates. They've lost seven of nine. Boy, it has been really tough going back to last Monday in San Francisco. And... When you talk about what is really disappointing, you felt like, and we've talked about it before, you felt like when they took two out of three from Tampa Bay, you really felt like, and they had won three straight series at that point, remember, you really felt like this team was on the precipice of of going in the right direction Getting up above 500. I think on that Sunday against Tampa Bay, they were a game below 500 after that game, weren't they? Yeah, they were 35 and 36 after that Sunday against Tampa Bay. And it has just gone in the total opposite direction. The devastating losses in San Francisco, and then the way they bounced back the Thursday and Friday, the big offensive outburst, 23 runs combined in two wins. And since then, since they scored the 13 runs on the Friday night, Against the Nationals, they haven't won since. Again, it, it just, it makes you scratch your head. It it doesn't make sense. And they just have been unable to build momentum. And, um, and now, to add salt in the wound, they're losing to teams they should not lose to. Certainly not four in a row. And that is what really hurts as uh, we uh, approach the midway point of this season, Game 81 tomorrow. All right, before we get back to the phones, let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard, tell you what's going on around the major leagues.
0: Let's go around Major League Baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country. This is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by Jensen Meat, where great taste meets integrity. Locally produced in San Diego since 1958.
2: A lot of finals already around the major leagues. Guardians beat the Royals 14-1 in Kansas City. Earlier tonight, Bo Naylor is first major league home run in that game. The brother of fellow guardian Josh Naylor, former Padre prospect. Padre Bo Naylor, first major league home run in that 14-1 win. Phillies beat the Cubs at Wrigley Field 8-5. Rangers beat up on the Tigers 10-2 in Arlington. Adoles Garcia, a two-run home run in that game for Texas. Astros beat the Cardinals 10-7 in St. Louis. Jose Altuve hit a go-ahead three-run home run for the Astros in the eighth inning in that win. The Brewers beat the Mets 5-2 in New York. It was the Marlins. Boy, they are playing well. 6-2. Over the Red Sox, Marlins are 47 and 34 right now. They would be the top wild card team in the National League. Blue Jays beat the Giants six to one in Toronto. It was the Reds over the Orioles 11 seven in Baltimore. In ten, Nationals beat the Mariners earlier today four to one in Seattle. Twins lost to the Braves earlier today, 3-0 in Atlanta. Matt Olson had a home run in that game for Atlanta. And the game's still going on right now. Rockies leading the Dodgers, 9-7 in Colorado in the eighth inning. The White Sox ahead of the Angels, 9-2 in Anaheim uh, in the sixth inning there. Yankees beating up on the A's, 7-0 in Oakland in the sixth inning. Diamondbacks leading the Rays, 2-0 in the eighth inning. Those D-backs... What a first half, sitting at 48-32. and 32. And they are on the verge, if they hold on there, of winning two straight against the team with the best record in baseball, Tampa Bay. It's getting harder and harder to not believe in Arizona and believe that they are really, really for real. Not that I didn't think they were for real, but if you thought they were going to fall off, I mean, with each passing day and who they're beating, how they're winning, the frequency they're winning getting harder to believe that and uh, what it means. Padres have a lot of work cut out for them in this division, in the wild card, and all of it. That's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Wednesday. All right, so uh, we have our play of the game coming up in a second, but we have a lot of phone calls still to get to. So let's go to Guy, who's calling in from San Diego. Hi, Guy. Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show. With, yeah, hi, Guy. What's up? <laughs> Um, I'm i I'm disappointed because their Padres they
8: they they gotta be in gear, man. They, you know, I have been trying to you know have them win, but they're losing.
2: Yeah, guy, it it hasn't been fun. Um, and I I hear your frustration. I understand your frustration. It has not been fun. Not for a team, you know what? If you're a team that comes in with no expectations and no star power and you're sitting at 37-43 and here on June 28th and nobody really cares, nobody really expected anything anyway, but we expected, all of us, myself included, we expected this team to be a high 90, 100-win team, at least over 90, a team that would truly compete for a division title, and to this point it hasn't been that team. Doesn't mean that the season can't be salvaged. Maybe it will be, maybe it won't, but it's fallen far short of the expectations we had. And that's disappointing, and it's frustrating, Guy, and I get it. I hear the frustration in your voice, and I wish I had better answers. I wish I had the uh, magic potion to turn this thing around. I do not. It's up to those guys in Pittsburgh right now in the field. Let's go to Ryan, who's calling in. Hi, Ryan. Ryan, you there? No. Hello? Yes, Ryan. You're on the radio. Hi.
12: Hey, how's it going? I'm doing, of I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for the call. Yeah, go um, ahead. I, you know, I just want to say one thing. I think the Padres need to come out, and they got to want it, like you've been saying earlier. That's the first and foremost most important part. Number two, I just think it's time for a lineup change. I know they've kind of mixed around. this through Hawthorne up there in the first, in that, number one batting spot, but they got to move it around. They got to put high on base guys up top in the lineup and get the sluggers in the middle or mix it up. I mean, there's a hole in the lineup, those bottom three, bottom four. Why don't you put Mm -hmm. some of the like Thunderworth hasn't hit, maybe put him in the 7-8 hole.
2: Yeah. Well, Ryan, Ryan, let me me ask you a question because you talked about the top of the order, okay? So they've had Ha Sung Kim batting at the very top of the order lately. And by the way, Ha Sung's playing really well and he's hitting the ball well for the most part. He was 0 for 5 today. All right, it happens. Let me ask you this. Who do you want leading off? I mean, you said you want the you know the the power guys, the guys that drive in runs behind him. So if it's not going to be Tatis, Soto, Machado, or Bogarts, who, who's leading off?
10: I would actually say
12: Soto. He is such a okay. high on base, high OPS. Why don't you just? I know he's he's a big slugger, but you got to get people on base to score the run. Yeah. So why don't you just put a on base guy, <laughs> a hot song in a two hole? Maybe I'd say man, just mix it up, Manny yeah. in the three.
2: And then yeah, I don't know. I you gotta mix it up. Yeah, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, I you know, look, I, I I totally understand what you're saying. I I really do. I totally understand it and appreciate the call. I, I totally understand what you're saying. At the same time, they've they've tried. I mean, they've tried all different kinds of lineups. I mean, they've tried Kim in the leadoff, Tatis in the leadoff, they've tried Soto batting second, Bogart's batting here, Manny batting here. I mean, I mean, Bob Melvin's tried everything with this lineup, really. I mean, I could go through the different combinations and tell you how many times each guy's hit in what spot, but he's tried everything. I mean, I'm I'm personally, I'm over whatever the lineup looks like. It's The, the problems are beyond that. I mean, whatever the lineup is, these guys got to do better. You got to score more than one run against the Pittsburgh Pirates like they had here tonight. That's the bottom line. I mean, and look, I get it, you know. You want to tinker with the lineup, but they've tried. I mean, they've tried. I, I, don't, I don't know what the answer is for the lineup. Yeah, Soto gets on base a ton. There's always going to be an argument to have Soto as high in the lineup as possible, but he's also a guy who can drive in runs and hit a home run and does that. So, you know, if Manny and, and Bogarts aren't, aren't doing that with regularity, then you, you make the argument that you want Soto down lower. It, these guys as a whole, as a team, as a unit, have to produce all together and that's what it keeps coming back to right let's go to Stephen carlsbad hi steve how are you what's up
8: hey sammy um boy uh you know you're a real good addition to this family we got here at padres um you're seemingly the only undysfunctional part of it these days but listen i want to talk a little bit about straight baseball like a couple of weeks ago um Garcia uh, was on the mound. Uh, a ball was hit to Croninworth. He just stood there. He was supposed to cover the bag. He just stood there.
11: Mm.
8: They didn't. Or, or just um, hitting the cutoff guy. Yeah. Or, or um, a, a few games back, um, uh, a foul ball, man. He's on second. Uh, foul ball in uh, middle, uh, middle left field. And uh, he goes halfway, and then he goes back, and then by the t- and decides he's going to tag, gets thrown out. Um, it's just stuff like that that you know. I mean, uh, I, I wonder, you know, if Melvin uh, is is coaching, or you know, I mean, these guys got to know better. I mean, in little league, the first mm. thing you do, well, balls I hit the first place. You're you're the pitcher. You run. Yeah,
2: space, Steve. Right? I, look, I, I, you I, look. I, I understand what you're saying, and it's, I, I you know, I, I agree. They haven't done a lot of small things really well lately. I mean, you you brought up the Garcia play. You're, you're you're totally right. I mean, that was the play a couple of weeks ago in Colorado that started the bullpen unraveling and the Rockies coming back. If he gets off the cover, and I guess the only excuse I can make is that he was fresh off the IL. Maybe he hadn't done it in a while. I don't know, but that's not an excuse if you're pitching in a major league game in a big spot. But you're right, whether it's that. I mean, yesterday there were a couple of good examples of them not hitting cutoff men that allowed runners to go to second base, cost them extra runs. You're right. I mean, Manny getting thrown out at third base in San Francisco. There there are a number of examples. Now, I think there are moments they have not played fundamentally well and they've made mistakes like that that they shouldn't make. At the same time, I think all that is really magnified because of just the general way they're playing, the games they're losing, the way the offense isn't producing. I think it's a mix of both. But, Steve, uh, your, your point is fair. There have been a lot of little things they have not executed on uh, as of late. Uh, the, the throws that weren't cut off yesterday, I think, is uh, a really good example. Let's go to Alex in Carlsbad. Hi, Alex.
10: Yeah, hi, uh, Sam. Um, thanks for taking my call. Yeah.
7: Mm-hmm.
10: Uh, you know, I want to pick up where the previous caller left off. Um, I think you do a, a very good job as well. Um, and he also pointed out that you're uh, new to the pods. Mm-hmm. And I here's, what I here's my two cents on the problem. Um, well, you're new to the pods, but of course you know who Tony Gwynn is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of the reason he was so popular was his values. He stayed for less money. I mean he was he was a, a Hall of Famer all the way, on and off the field. And I'll say it, our two best players, Tatis and Manny, are pretty much the exact opposite of Tony Gwynn. I mean it's just crazy how our you know, we go from a mature, polished big leaguer to Really, two of the most immature guys in baseball, and I'll just touch on this. I mean, you mentioned third base. I mean, I saw that one game in San Fran where Tatis leads off with a double, and then the second pitch he's thrown out at third. I mean, that was so bad. And with the left-handed batter, a high school varsity player knows better than to than to go for that bag. It's just so. It's not by the book at all, you yeah. know? I mean, we got to be more by the book. And if you ask me, it's more just – I mean, a couple of errors on the field, but it's just the maturity. It's how to conduct yourself on and off the field. I mean, just because you hit a home run, you don't have to start Dance Party USA. I mean, and it's so ridiculous because – and I'll, I'll wrap it up here, but mm-hmm. this is how it goes. One of those two guys hits a home run, okay, Hey, Juan Soto, I got a special high-five and dance for you. Okay, Cronenworth, you get a normal high-five. Darvish, you get a normal high-five. You know, Snell, Carpenter, I don't know you two. Oh, Nelson Cruz, oh, you get a big dance, you know. I love you, bro. It's just like, and then I read about the clicking and the finger-pointing, and obviously that's where it is. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. It's so mature. Yeah, Alex. Uh, thank you for the call. Look, uh, as far as handshakes, things like that. I mean, you know, whatever. I don't have a problem with that. You play well, you can celebrate. I mean, you play well and you can celebrate. I, you know, I don't have any problem with that. Look, as far as you know, you, you kind of got into the characters there. Look, Fernando obviously last year had a tough year between the wrist injury at spring training and finding out how it happened and the suspension and all and all of it. But look, Fernando since then has really, in my mind, done everything right. I mean, if there's one guy here from a performance standpoint that I don't think you can point at much, it's Fernando. I mean, he's had a great month of June. He's cooled off a little bit lately. But, I mean, you know, Fernando has been really good. I I don't view him as a major issue right now. Um, You know, look, I I don't want to comment on character, things like that. I mean, you know, Fernando obviously made some mistakes, but to me has... Since he spoke in the dugout that day last year alongside A.J. Preller, to me, he's done really a lot of right things. Look, as far as the contracts and you know not taking as much money, things like that, look, we're, we're in a sport, in a world now, in an industry now, where this is what goes on. I mean, there are big contracts, and if you want high-level talent, you got to pay, whether it's Aaron Judge, whether it's Trey Turner, whether it's Manny Machado, whether it's Xander Bogarts now we getting personal character things like that. I'm, that's not my place to, to comment on. I mean, you know, I I know some of these guys better than others, but you know, I I, I know them inside the clubhouse. I, I can't comment on character things like that. But um, you know, outside the clubhouse things like that. But as far as just when you have a big contract, look, there are expectations that come with it. Manny Machado signed a three hundred plus million dollar contract. He Set up the start of spring training he was planning on opting out the Padres responded by locking him up long term giving him what he wanted more money more years well with that comes responsibility as a player as a leader now Manny took a lot of heat I saw yesterday both here on the station social media for not talking with the media last night to his credit we just we read earlier, if you missed it, we read a lot of the comments he made earlier today, and that's as open as Manny's been about the struggles of this team. And he took accountability, and last week when he was asked about the hitting coaches, he took accountability. So there have been plenty of moments where Manny's taken, I think, a lot of accountability, um, even though he didn't want to talk last night, which he, he sort of took heat for. Um, but look, with those big contracts comes major responsibility, not just as... A performer on the field, but yes, as a leader as well. And when a team, this is Manny's team. It is. Okay. He's the one who carried him last year. He's been here a while. He's going to be here a long time. He's on a hall of fame track. It is his team. You know, Fernando's younger. Juan Soto's only been here for a little bit. He's younger. Xander Bogarts is brand new. To me, this is Manny Machado's team. And Look, I think if Manny starts tearing the cover off the ball and turning his season around personally, I think it will do a lot for this team as a whole. I think the Padres will win a lot more games. Um, But look, with the big contracts come responsibility as a performer and a leader, certainly as well. So when things aren't going well, people look at, at those guys who have the big money and and all of that. All right, we're going to squeeze uh, just a phone call or, or two more in. Uh, we're going like an hour and a half here on the post game. I've got an eight thirty pregame tomorrow, folks. So uh, we'll squeeze in a, a couple more. But look, I I know how frustrating it is out there for everybody, and I want to give you a chance to voice some of the frustrations here tonight. Uh, let's go to Brock in Carlsbad. Hi, Brock.
8: Hey, Sammy. I, again, like everybody else, shoot been an incredible addition. Really, unorthodox orthodox comment here, but. You know, Bennett Wood, you're talking about the trade deadline, this and that. Just dude, don't do a move and let these guys dig themselves out of this hole they did themselves. Don't don't get anybody to do Make them finish the job themselves, hmm. and you'll know, see what they can do. I know it's an honest ask, but don't bail them out by bringing more well, people in.
2: Well, bro- Okay, so so Brock, I just want to be clear. When you say make a move at the trade deadline, you say, you're, you're talking about adding, not selling.
8: I don't know. What I'm saying is don't do anything and
2: just make these guys dig themselves out of their own hole that they've done. Yeah. Well, Brock, look, they have an opportunity here. Look, it's too early to even realistically. I mean, we can have the conversations about trade deadline and hypothetical worlds if they don't play significantly better in the next month. The trade deadline is basically a month away. So in about a month, you're going to know exactly where this team is at the trade deadline. And if things don't turn around significantly, if this team is way out of it, even farther out of it than they are right now, then yes, there may have to be a decision made at that trade deadline. Whether they want to buy and push and go even farther in, if they want to sell, they have guys that are on expiring deals that will be free agents next year, haters, Snell. they could hypothetically. I don't really see it, to be honest with you, knowing the expectations and the payroll. If I were a betting man, I bet it would go the other way, and they'd actually probably push even farther in. That's what I think, but not impossible. But I guess it's a concept of no matter where they are, just say, hey, we're not doing anything. You know, I don't know. I mean, I I think if, if – put it this way. If they don't turn this thing around in the, in the next month and they are – uh, you know, we talked, I talked earlier this week on Ben and Woods when I made my weekly spot about what is the threshold of what what you would do with the trade deadline. If you're seven games out, are you a seller? Are you a buyer? I don't know. I don't know what that threshold is. If you're 10 games out, are you selling? Are you buying? Are you not doing anything? I don't know. We're a month away from really having this team have to face that moment. And, this team can make them very easily not face that moment and that massive decision of whether to sell, buy, stand pat. Although I don't I don't know that standing pat's an option because if you stand pat, I mean, again, they can stand pat, like you said, Brock, and just say, you know what, we're not gonna do anything. We're okay with if we don't make the postseason and we end up not getting anything back for a snail or a hater. That's okay with us. We're just going to go for it with the guys we have, and we believe that we can turn this thing around with the guys we have right now. They could do that. We'll see. I, I don't know. It's a really tough question right now, and I don't know what way it goes. And and I think how they play in the next month, it's going to have a major hand in that. If they play significantly better, they could. Again, they haven't shown it yet, but they could, I guess. Then I think the, the, the idea of selling will go away, but... If they don't, and it gets worse, and the and the gap gets wider, it uh, yeah, you could be looking at a scenario where they're looking to sell off pieces and sort of regroup and get some prospects and rebuild some of the farm things like that. I look, I hope we're not having that conversation in a month, but it is anything's possible at the moment with how it's going and the gap they've uh, built for themselves in the wild card, the division, all that. All right, let's uh, go to Lee in San Diego calling in. Hi, Lee.
11: Hey, Sam, how's it going, man?
2: I'm good, Lee. How are you?
11: I'm doing great. Uh, have you heard of a, a band called uh, Kansas?
2: Uh, are you f- the band? familiar with Kansas? Uh, maybe. Are they, when were they popular, Lee? They have a song called The Point of No
11: Return. Okay. And the Padres have reached the point of no return. All right. Well, and I'm so disappointed in this team. I I can't. I I mean, I I feel sorry for the season ticket holders. Mm -hmm. They're they're spending all this money on this team, and and it's just a a disaster. Overpaid players, and it's not working out. I mean. The pitching has been fine. I, I don't understand it, man.
2: Yeah, I, I, it's, I, uh, yeah Lee, it's, it's it's hard to understand. It's hard to figure out. It's hard to come up with answers. Um, look, I'll, I'll touch on one thing you said there, Lee, and that's, yeah, I feel bad for the fans. I mean, you didn't sign up for this, and they've done a, a wonderful job packing Petco Park almost every night. I mean, they've had how many sellouts now? 31 by June 25th. I mean, it's been unbelievable. But the team has not responded to it. They have not played like what fans signed up for. And that's the bottom line. It's not what you expected. It's not what I expected. It's not what any season ticket holder expected. But the fans have done their part. The fans can't do any more. Teams team's got to respond and play a much better brand of baseball. All right, let's let's uh, let's go to Paulie in Paradise Hills. Hi, Paulie. Hey, how you doing, brother? I'm doing well. How are you?
11: You know, I'm, I'm doing fine. Here's my uh, thinking on the whole deal. It's like, you know, I've been watching, listening to the Padres go to the game since the late 1960s with my dad. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing about this right now. You know, San Diego has a major league baseball team right now. I mean, we haven't had any other uh, spectacular Things going on, chargers left us, and all that crap. But here's the deal, right here, is that you know, even though they're not producing like we expect them to do, I really do believe that we still have a team here, and um, and let's still support them. They can't. Maybe they're not the most best team in the league. They do. Uh, weird things that they can't score runs, they can't get guys on base. I mean, all this kind of weird stuff. Mm. But here's the thing that San Diego fans need to realize, that we have a major league baseball team here, and we still need to support them. And I I support them every single day of my life, Mm -hmm. because I'm a a baseball fan. Mm. And I hope all the other people in San Diego realize that that we still have a major league baseball team here and they're faltering. Yes, I do agree with all that, but even still, let's still, you know, support them and, uh, let's Mm -hmm. still be on the bandwagon because we're so lucky to have a major league baseball team here. Yeah. And I hear all the negatives about everything about the team. And I hear it every day. I listen to radio all day with you guys. And, you know, the thing of it is, I'm so proud to have a baseball team here in San Diego. And I love the Padres. And I hope all the other fans <laughs> out there love the Padres the same way I do. Yeah,
2: Paulie. Uh, uh, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, and Paulie, Honestly, that's yeah. all. It, go, go ahead. Yeah, Paulie, uh, look, look, I appreciate the call. And, um,. And uh, look, I, I appreciate your positivity—a very positive, uh, Paulie, in Paradise Hills—and maybe that's a a good call to end on, um, Paulie. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, as far as well, let me be clear. I totally agree in the sense of, I mean, yeah, you know, you want to support the team, and I appreciate your positivity and. We are very lucky to live here in San Diego and have a baseball team and a beautiful ballpark and certainly after the Chargers left and have all that and enjoy all that and an ownership group that's willing to spend There are a lot of good things that have happened in the last couple of years for the San Diego Padres, this fan base, um, all of it. That's that's absolutely true. Absolutely. I totally agree. But at the same time, Paulie, it. There are expectations that come with that. And that is why people are so frustrated. And when you invest in a team, when you pay to the, go to the games, when you support them, when you watch them, when you listen to them every night, means a lot to you. And you expect a team that's going to win, that's going to fight hard. And this is a team that should be winning a lot more and should be showing some more fight than they've showed in the first half of the season. And while... The overall picture of having a baseball team in San Diego and all that, it, it's all great. And there are a lot of good things about Padres baseball. The first half of this season has not been what anybody expected. And that's what you're hearing, Paulie, from the fans, from the hosts on the station, from myself. It's been very frustrating. And that's okay. That's sports. That's being a fan. You're allowed to be frustrated. You're allowed to have expectations. You're allowed to, to voice your opinion, good and bad. I mean, Hey, what makes the good times so much sweeter is the bad times, quite frankly. So um, two things can be true at once, I think, Paulie. And I, I love your positivity. And I agree, there are a lot of really, really good things um, about, uh, about Padre land these days, even in the bigger picture, right? We didn't feel this way about this season before it began. We felt it was a team that was spending money, that was investing, that was acquiring talent. I mean, I, I, look, I... I'm as guilty as anybody I I totally you know bought into the idea of of acquiring talent, being able to to shuffle around pieces and you know have a few shortstops and all of it. but with all that comes expectations that you're gonna win games and you're gonna perform well and to this point it has not been the season people expected and and that's okay for people to voice that frustration and hopefully they have things to smile about in the second half of the season. I hope. I hope, again, and I'll kind of end with this tonight before we get to our play of the game, and my goodness, we've been on for an hour and a half, which uh, I think we may have our longest post game of the year. Actually, tomorrow may be my longest post game of the year. I'll tell you about that in a second. But at the same time, while I understand the frustration out there, I'm frustrated. I'm very surprised at how the first half of this season has gone. Do I still... Somewhere in me think there's a run in here for this team. I do. I do. Got to think over 162, there will be a run. My fear, I think my fear with that, and this is a fear I didn't have a couple of weeks ago, but I think I have it now. My fear is that that run might come too late, and it can't come too late. It's got to happen about right now. It's got to happen right now because the gap's growing, and... This team needs to needs to figure it out and figure it out quickly how they're going to win these games. I don't care how they win them, but figure out how they're going to win these games. And so that run that we've all been waiting for now for three months, it's got to happen very quickly because if it happens in mid-August, in September, you may you may be well out of it by then. So do I think there's a run in this team? I do. I just hope it happens soon. And that's where I'll I'll leave you tonight with the thoughts. We got to a a bunch of phone calls. We still have some uh, people on the line. I don't know that we're going to get to everybody tonight because I have an 8.30 a.m. pregame show tomorrow. More on that in a second. Let's finally tell you about our play of the game.
0: What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the Play of the Game. Presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, Heating and Air, Flood and Restoration. Because we know how.
2: All right, our play of the game, it's got to be the Santana home run. Another day where I'm talking about a Pirates play. Why? <laughs> Can't even play the highlight. Play of the game, the Santana home run in the first inning. Gave the Pirates a 2-0 lead. Never look back. Padres only got one. Pirates scored five in the seventh inning, and that was that, as the Pirates win it 7-1 over the Pods here tonight. All right, taking a look at tomorrow's game. Like I said, very early, 9.30 a.m., first pitch tomorrow. Eco Water SoCal Padres pregame show begins at 8.30 a.m. So, yes, it is Padres and pancakes tomorrow. 8.30 with the pregame, 9.30, oh, sorry, 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 8.35 The text is so small on my printout here. 835 pregame, 935 first pitch. Got to be exact, right? 835 pregame, 935 first pitch tomorrow. Joe Musgrove on the mound for the Padres, right-hander Luis Ortiz on the mound for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Certainly hope you can join us then. Uh, I believe tomorrow I will have also a very long postgame show uh, after whenever it ends. I think I'm going to take all the way up until 2 p.m tomorrow so we will have plenty of time to talk Padres baseball and hopefully we're talking about a Padres win and not the Padres being swept by the Pirates certainly hope so tomorrow we shall see and uh again talk to you tomorrow morning eight thirty-five 35 a.m i gotta get out of here gotta get some sleep Get ready for tomorrow. Final totals in this game. For the Pirates, seven runs, nine hits, no errors. They left on seven. For the Padres, one run, seven hits, no errors. They left on six. Winning pitcher Mitch Keller, who improves to nine and three. Losing pitcher Blake Snell, who drops to four and seven. Time of game, two hours and 52 minutes. And the crowd at PNC Park in Pittsburgh, 14,604. Once again, first pitch tomorrow, 9.35 a.m. Pregame start time at 8.35 You can listen to any of our post-game show on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our great studio coordinator, Matty Rhodes, I'm Sam Levitt saying so long. Pirates 7, Padres 1, the final tonight. Talk to you tomorrow.